Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journeys podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional path, lessons learned, and how their experiences shaped who and where they are today. My name is David Kwok, and I am a clinical pharmacist at Bryan Health, and I will be serve as a co-host alongside Cassie Simpkins, who is a family medicine clinical pharmacist and faculty member of West Virginia University School of Pharmacy. We will be chatting with Dr. Whitney White, a clinical pharmacy specialist and student experiential coordinator at the Tuscaloosa VA Medical Center, and Dr. Jason Babby, Assistant Director of Clinical Pharmacy Services in the Mount Sinai Health System. Our discussion will surround preparing for and managing learners on rotation. This is an important topic as many new practitioners will transition into roles with learners at different levels and skill sets. Thank you for joining us today. For new preceptors, the time before the start of rotations is an exciting and busy time. One of the first and most important steps in rotation preparation is initial communication with the learner to create and define the relationship. For the first question, what suggestions do you have or what strategies have you utilized for pre-rotation preparations to assess a learner's clinical skill set or knowledge base? We're going to start with Jason. So during orientation, uh, it is definitely helpful to learn about the, the student or resident and also to provide some background about yourself and your practice experience. Obtaining a baseline assessment of the learner's knowledge and previous clinical experiences, so prior IPIs and API rotations, and even work experience can be a great method to use to determine their baseline knowledge. It can also help identify knowledge gaps uh, and experience gaps and areas for improvement that you can tailor the rotation to. In a previous role, when I precepted a drug information rotation, I would ask both residents and students to complete a pre-assessment quiz to determine their baseline. I always reminded them that the quiz was not graded, so they had no bearing towards their rotation grade, which definitely calmed their nerves. And after you review the quiz immediately, and that provided a refresher of gold standard drug info references and steps to respond to a drug info question. Awesome. Thank you for that feedback, Jason. Whitney, do you have anything that you would like to add? Sure. I certainly agree with many of the things that Jason just shared. It's really important to assess where the student's at when they're coming in. And one tool that I use to incorporate what he mentioned about what they've done previously on rotations, their work experience is I actually send a survey out to the students before they start the rotation with a number of questions which include those, also what their post-graduation goals are, as well as three goals that they want to set for themselves for the rotation. So that really gives me a good idea of what they hope to gain and where they're headed so that I can tailor the rotation to their specific interest and gives us some information as, as kind of a jumping off point when they start on day one to um, start those discussions, as he mentioned. Thank you both for your answers. As the rotation is about to begin or has already begun, this time period can set the tone and expectation for the rotation. What information and discussions should be shared in order to best prepare a learner for the rotation? We'll start with Whitney. Thank you, David. I think this is a great, a great question about kind of setting up expectations at the beginning of the rotation. I don't think that we can underestimate the importance of this. 
I've learned that over the years in precepting about needing to really clearly set the ground rules and the tone for the rotation, going through those expectations, walking through the syllabus, making sure that the student is very clear about what my expectations are and that we're all on the same page with what our goals are, what the projects and assignments are throughout the rotation. One thing that I've also found helpful and students definitely agree as well as residents is having a calendar, kind of a guidepost for the rotation. But I always add the caveat that you have to be flexible. We're gonna put these things on the calendar, but you need to understand that this may change and we'll communicate, we'll talk through it as the rotation goes along. But it's good to have that in front of them. I think that the current group really enjoys having those calendar items there that they can work towards. Another thing I'd say here is with the expectations, never make assumptions about what you feel like the trainee understands. I've kind of learned that the hard way over the years of maybe assuming that they understood something or or were clear about it, but having to learn how to clearly state that, how to circle back to the, the learner and make sure they understand it. And even sometimes kind of have them put something in writing that they've read it or they've understood it. So different things, um, but very important to set up a clear orientation with those deadlines and timelines and understanding that you may have to be flexible throughout the rotation. Thank you for your great recommendations. Jason, do you have anything to add? Uh, I think those are all great points that Wendy pointed out. Um, I do stress the calendar to lay out meetings, presentation dates, project due dates. What I like to do on the first day of rotation is to, to engage a learner, is to determine due dates together. And during this time, I also mentioned that things change, meetings do pop up on calendars, so we have to be flexible with some of the due dates and times for discussion. It's also important to, as Whitney mentioned, to review expectations throughout the rotation and set specific expectations for different rotation activities. So different expectations for case presentations, interventions, topic discussions. And if you have multiple learners, let's say a resident and a student, it'll be great to set expectations for each individual. So for a topic discussion, they know if they're going to be an active participant or a passive listener. And knowing expectations for each rotation activity is key to help them succeed. Wow, those were really great suggestions. Thank you both. As a new practitioner, there are resources available through ASHP, state organizations, and affiliated colleges of pharmacy to help shape and troubleshoot when developing your rotations. While they are excellent resources, similar to clinical practice, there are issues that may arise that are covered very limited um, in the extent in these resources. How can you gauge if a learner's schedule is appropriate versus you adjusting as a new preceptor? And Jason, we're going to start with you. Sure. Great question, Cassie. So weekly check-ins are an excellent way to gauge if a learner's schedule has an unreasonable workload. Uh, so during a weekly check-in, usually I do it every Friday, I ask the learners feedback on the week, how they think they're doing on the rotation, and if it's a good time to summarize the feedback that was provided during the week. It's a good time to address concerns uh, and plan and address the remainder of the rotation depending on the progress of the learner. I also tell the rotation to their goals and ask them if there's anything additional that they would like to experience as well during that time. If there's a concern, a specific concern with the unreasonable workload, even if you may think it's reasonable, I think it's beneficial to obtain 
uh, some opinions from other preceptors at the site. That's why this way it's more unbiased view of the workload. That's some great insight. Thank you so much, Jason. Whitney, would you like to also add? Sure. I definitely love Jason's mention about the weekly feedback. I think that's something that you hear a lot, and I definitely do that in my own rotations. I think it's very important really having that two-way communication, you know, get the feedback from the student, make sure you're giving feedback on their performance, make it a conversation, give, you know, make the environment, make them comfortable with sharing that feedback with you. That's really important for me as a preceptor that, hey, this is not necessarily going to be held against you. I really want to kind of get a pulse on what's going well, what we can do differently, again, to meet those goals that you set at the beginning of the rotation, but also where I feel like you're learning what you need to and getting out of the rotation, what's important. A big thing with this with me, and I tell my students that at the beginning of the rotation, as well as residents, is you're probably going to get tired of self-assessment, but it's a great tool, and you're going you're gonna to hear me ask you to self-assess a lot of how things are going, and that's how you can really kind of tease out if that workload is appropriate, you know, if they're really struggling with the assignments that you've given them, maybe the number of patients that you've assigned to them. And so I think it's important for them to do that self-assessment. For me, a lot of the rotations I've done in the past, I've had my trainees work with a lot of different people, which can be kind of difficult to assess how they're doing. But similar to what Jason said, talking to your colleagues about those trainings that are working with them, but also some of the experiences that they have and kind of pulling all that together and making sure that you have a good good feeling for how those trainees are doing on your particular rotation. Thank you so much for your answer so far. Our fourth and next question is, how do you handle having multiple learners on the rotation who are at different levels of knowledge? And we'll start with Whitney this time. Great, thanks. I think this is a great question, David. We hear a lot about layered learning, and oftentimes a lot of folks are really afraid of it. They don't know exactly what it means or how to best incorporate it into their practice because you're already busy and you're trying to to juggle multiple learners. But I think the biggest thing here is to do that good assessment, do those discussions that we've already talked about in setting up, starting the rotations, and staying in constant communication with your learners throughout the block. There, there are some great resources, as we touched on earlier, about layered learning. ASHP is doing some great work. I listened to a presentation from mid-year last December on layered learning. The speakers did a really great job on that, but I think planning is really important, that you have clear roles and responsibilities for those different learners who are on your team. If it's a pharmacy resident and a student, you might even have an APBE student and an IPBE student But being very clear about what those responsibilities are, what activities you want each of those learners to do and how they sort of coincide with each other. Deciding what your pharmacy residents can oversee if there are student trainees under them and assigning out those different responsibilities. So just being very organized and clear about it, I think is really important. I also would say if you want to adopt more of a layered learning model in your practice, Thinking about the start of a new residency year or APPE year, you may not want to craft those at the beginning because we're they're all kind of learning their roles at that point, but sort of scaffolding and building it throughout the year can be helpful. That was great, Whitney. Thank you for your insight into organizing the rotation. Jason, do you have anything to add? 
I love the layered learning practice model as well. It's definitely an excellent teaching tool designed to help train residents to precept students with the oversight of a preceptor. And just as Whitney mentioned, setting those clear expectations is key. So, So the resident knows their expectations and the student, their expectations and the activities that they're supposed to participate in and everyone's role. So I think that just clearly needs to be defined when you have that layered learning model approach. There are times when you do have multiple learners on a rotation and you may see a student surpass a resident in answering certain questions or in a topic discussion. And when providing feedback to the resident, it's just important to provide feedback one-on-one. Otherwise, it could uh, be offsetting to the resident. So meeting one-on-one creates more of a safe space. And also when you notice this, you want to provide suggestions on how the resident can improve and increase their knowledge base so that they're prepared for the future and also are aware of their expectations. Thank you guys both so much for those suggestions. They're very great. The next question, how can you encourage self-directed learning during a rotation? Great, cool. great question. So you'll definitely see students who are self-motivated, go-getters, and others who are at the other end of the spectrum. So on the first day of rotation, I always ask students what their goals are and what they hope to get out of my rotation. So finding ways to help them realize how my rotation experience relates to their goals may further motivate them. So I try to relate all the activities that they're going to be doing to their future goals and just to show how valuable it can be uh, during their career path. Another method to motivate students to promote more positive learning environment is showing them the value that they add to your service or practice. For example, if they're on a transition to care rotation, maybe having them track changes in patient outcomes and readmissions can provide them the opportunity to see the impact they've had in the pharmacy department. And it helps them build confidence, seeing that their interventions are making an impact and it makes them feel appreciated. Thank you for those recommendations, Jason. I, I particularly love that suggestion of showing the students how impactful their recommendations can be. I agree. I think that's what really helps show them how worthwhile their input really is. So thank you. Great idea. What about you, Whitney? What, what do you have to add? Yeah, I agree with that as well, Cassie. I think that's really great. And really where students thrive in APPE rotations is where they really do connect to that patient care experience and really feel the value of of their role on the team. One other thing that I would add, you know, kind of focusing on those learners who are potentially not engaged, because we do have these from time to time. I share a specific example of a student that I had that wanted to do nuclear pharmacy, which was completely different from the internal medicine rotation that he was on with me, but I didn't really have a lot of experience in nuclear. And so learning that about him of where he wanted to practice, I said, hey, why don't you prepare a little something for for us, for you to come back and share? You work at a nuclear pharmacy. That's what you want to do. Come back and talk with us about it and help us learn why you're interested in it, what kinds of things you picked up along the way, why you want to pursue that particular area of practice. So it really got them excited, you know, that to, to feel like you were interested in what they were, that you weren't saying, well, that's not really important for this rotation. I'm not, you know, um, that's great, but we're going to move back to, to internal medicine. That That was one thing that still sticks out to me. Also, if people are more focused in community practice, which is great. We want to encourage them, you know, give them those activities that can 
bolster their confidence and their skills that will be useful in community practice. So really trying to tailor that rotation is important. And I think you'll find that when you connect them with what they're interested in, help them see the impacts and their interest will grow throughout the rotation. Thank you both for your insights on engaging learners. I think this definitely goes hand in hand with our next question that focuses on relationship building. What is the ideal working relationship between preceptor and learner? Uh, Whitney, we'll have you start. Thanks, David. Yeah, I think this can be, is a tricky question, right? But I think it's a really great question, particularly for new practitioners as you're making that transition from a student to a practitioner and you're working with students who are not too far off from age for you, or you may not feel like you have a lot of experience yet to teach them. And it can be kind of sticky. When I started out in academia, soon after I had graduated from pharmacy school and finished residency, those boundaries were very hard to set. But I, I had some mentors that gave me good advice with that. And that, again, you, you have to present yourself confidently, set those expectations and let those students know, you know, that you really are there to teach and to help them learn. But setting those boundaries is really important, particularly with professionalism. I also had a mentor of mine share with me that he didn't accept requests on social media from students until they had graduated because, again, he wanted to be clear about what that line was. And that's something that I kind of continued in my own practice. So the goal is you want to be friendly with them, but maybe not necessarily their their friend per se. You want to get to know them as a person. And, and I think that does help the rotation, but you have to be very clear on what those boundaries are. If you have a learner who you really feel like has crossed that line of professionalism between the student and the the preceptor, you have to handle it quickly. Sometimes those can be uncomfortable conversations, but what I've learned is you can't just let it go. Maybe you do give them the benefit of the doubt one time, but if it comes back around, you have to be able to act quickly and give them that feedback and, and explain to them how you expect them to behave or respond with that. So it does get it does get kind of hard with those relationships, like I said, particularly with new practitioners, because you do want to be supportive, but you're you're trying to gain their their respect as a preceptor. Whitney, thank you for addressing the professional aspect of the working relationship. Jason, would you like to add anything? Sure. Uh, those are all great points. And I completely agree. The, the preceptor-learner relationship is definitely more effective with two key elements, having that mutual respect and having that preceptor show interest in the learner as an individual. But to set up that ideal working relationship, I guess the first step that's needed is a warm welcome. So it can be as simple as using the, the learner's name, greeting them with a handshake, providing some background on your experience, learning about them and their goals, and also introducing them to team members in the department and in the teams that you work in. It's important to note that each preceptor has a different like precepting style, different personality that each learner has to adjust to throughout their all their rotations. Uh, so setting clear expectations on day one of the rotation, it's key to show the ideal working relationship because they may have worked differently with another preceptor and they may just try to work that same way with you. So setting expectations is key. Uh, so how they should address you, how you want to be contacted, is it via email or phone? And it's important to discuss professionalism and expected behavior while they're at the site. I've been at a few sites that had students sign and date a professionalism contract so that's another method to lay out how the students should conduct themselves at a practice site. 
Thank you both for your insight into addressing and working through some of the more difficult topics that can arise in the middle of the rotation with learners. Moving on to our last question of the day, what recommendations do you have for your well-being when transitioning from one rotation to the next, or if you have back-to-back learners? Jason, we'll start with you. Thanks, Cassie. Uh, Great question, since well-being is a very big topic right now, especially with the pandemic. And there are several things we can do as preceptors to offload some of the pressures so that we have a more balanced workload, such as having a clear rotation syllabus, which provides the learner some more structure, delegating responsibilities to fellow pharmacists when possible, depending on the rotation. And that helps get the team engaged and allows the students to see different views as well, again, depending on the rotation that you're precepting. In one institution that I worked in, on the first day of rotation, all students participated in in an orientation where general concepts were reviewed, such as parking, uh, information about food, HIPAA, hospital guidelines. And this was prior to meeting with each individual preceptor. And the preceptor leading the general orientation was was rotated amongst all the preceptors. So it kind of gave each individual some downtime throughout the year. You also want to remember that the learner doesn't need to be with you all day long. So in the calendar for the rotation, build in some project time. So that gives you some time to complete your own daily tasks as well and to catch up. Another factor to consider are days off. So when you have back-to-back rotations, you do have other responsibilities. Things may come up and you may need to take a day off. So having a backup plan for these days, are it's very important to do that. So they could be projects or activities. I've even used the ASHP Busy Day Toolkit, which is an amazing preceptor resource that's available on the website. And I used it when I had last minute unplanned changes in schedule. And there were several toolkits, but I primarily used the ones that were drug info related or admin related. And then some, depending on the student interest, I gave them a few other toolkits. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jason, on telling us about how to maintain preceptor well-being. I really like the idea of utilizing those toolkits. What a what a unique recommendation. Thank you. Whitney, do you have anything that you would like to add as well? Yeah, I definitely agree with everything Jason said. Great stuff on how to handle back-to-back rotations. I don't think I appreciated the importance of, you know, taking that day off that it was okay you know, to have a day in between rotations to give those trainees some assignments that they could work on from home. At the VA, we also have that day one general orientation where each individual preceptor may or may not have to meet with their student that day. So that can give you a little bit of time. But, you know, I had to learn to take my vacation days or to take you know, mental health day, if you do have those back-to-back rotations, it's okay to do that. And as long as you plan accordingly, if you have the students working with other people or working on things from home, that is definitely okay. I think this past year with COVID, with remote learning and rotations, folks having to be creative has definitely taught us that we have room for that if if our schedule is busy and we need to, to try to prioritize some self-care and well-being. Also, I'd add to that, just being strategic about your year and planning out and having those back-to-back rotations. I know sometimes you may not be able to do that, particularly with resident rotations at your site, but just trying to make sure that you don't have too many of those back-to-back rotations because they do take a lot out of you. And if you really want to be effective as a preceptor and be fully engaged in the process continuously, you do have to have 
those breaks and the downtime. So it's very important to think about that as kind of you're mapping out your, your year and what your obligations are. And then just thinking about kind of being working smarter, not harder, as Jason mentioned, pairing them up with different people, maybe having residents who need some experience in precepting, pulling them out in to help precept different projects longitudinally, just to give you that additional downtime in your day. And it really adds value to the, the students' rotation in this case, because they do get to work with a lot of different people and learn different precepting styles, pick up different pearls along the way. So there's there's a lot of value in having them work with different people where you you don't have them with you throughout the full day. Great. Thank you so much, Whitney. I really like that idea about having the students assist with ongoing projects. That would be really valuable to their learning experience. Awesome. Well, that is all the time that we have for today. Again, I want to thank Drs. Whitney White and Jason Babby for joining us today to discuss learners. Join us here at ASHP Official and the Practice Journey podcast as we learn about how our members seek out, grow, and evolve during their careers. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.